0: Welcome to the Customer Acquisition Experience Podcast with Guy Rosman. This is the show where top digital marketers share proven tactics, tools, and frameworks that will help you acquire more customers and grow your business. Let's get started. Here is your host, Guy Rosman. Hey, Joel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it's
1: great having you. And I'm excited. So, Yoel, my friend, you are the founder of what? Digital and SciFluencer. Yeah. It was hard for me to say it, but I know you can say it much better Uh with your Philly accent. (laughs) <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your company and about your background and what is it that you do?
0: Yeah, sure. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about my background and then I'll get into my company. Uh, I'm originally from Philly, you know, kind of like a, that you touched on. And I made Aliyah to Pardes Khana eight years ago. And I had one main goal, um, and that was to really to build a marketing agency. And it kind of happened by accident, to be honest. So to turn back the clock a little bit for my marketing background, I studied my, got my MBA at Bar Ilan in 2009 and I met a man named Hillel Fold who introduced me to Twitter and said, you got to get on Twitter. It was like the new hot thing. Mm-hmm. And so I actually got the bar Business School on Twitter and they got some international students. And then they ended up giving me a scholarship. And then I understood I have a strength here, something here that I can do that I'm really great at. And I kind of just kind of fell in love with social media. I was using Twitter for a while and I don't so much anymore because I think it's like, the worst place on the internet, uh, the worst mainstream place on the internet. I don't know, maybe TikTok overtook that. And, uh, but I went back to Philly and I started working, you know, doing Facebook, Twitter, some of the work for some local businesses. And then a client asked me to take out ads on Facebook. And then I saw the dashboard and I fell in love because I originally have a finance background and I love numbers. But the fact that I can actually manipulate the numbers by bidding, targeting and using strategy and psychology, I found that to be really awesome. It took everything I love about the numbers, the analysis and everything about finance. And it took and I was able to add my personality on top, which is and my unique brain and the way I see things that I was able to add on top of the strategy, the marketing and the inputs that I put into the ads campaign. And uh, that's kind of how I gotten to the ads world, making Aliyah like any other Anglo that makes Aliyah. And many Israelis as they go abroad can understand this. Dude, Israelis, customer service absolutely sucks. And I am not going to be one to complain and not be part of the solution. That's kind of how I see things. So I said, I'm going to create an agency that is going to be very customer service centered. We're going to provide fantastic customer service. We're going to be strong in communication. We're going to have fast response time. We're going to have empathy and we're going to listen more than we speak. And hopefully we'll be able to, have a ripple effect into the industry and into Israeli society as a whole. And we've been able to do that. Um, our company, Wadi Digital, is now 19 people. We have three departments, paid acquisition, SEO, and influencer marketing. The influencer marketing is run by a break-off uh, company called SciFluencer, which you discussed, which is uh, started originally as cybersecurity influencer marketing. Hence the name SciFluencer. And now we're testing a few other industries, such as AI and fintech.
1: Wow, this is great. So it sounds interesting and I... Have a lot of questions, but one thing that you said is really interesting. So you're saying that you're really focused on customer service at your agency. Can you elaborate a little bit? Like, how does it work? What does customer service, like a good customer service process and communication, is like for you, mm-hmm. and how do you do it?
0: So, for those who don't, un, um, I'll give an example. I had an employee, several years ago. Um, uh, she was sitting next to me it was my first employee. And I was calling my bank in America, TD bank. They're actually technically Canadian, but, and I was on hold for a second. I put it on speaker and I started working. So I put the phone down and I was on speaker and there's background music like under a minute. And then a woman answered the phone and she goes, hi, uh, you know, I, I I'm Shananda, uh, you know, speaking from Baltimore, Maryland. And, uh, thank you for calling TD bank. I hope you're having a fantastic day. How can I help you? You know? And the guy looks at me and he's like, Something's wrong, man. Hang up. You know it's a trap. There's like a bomb in the phone. Something. Just he doesn't. It didn't. Didn't even register as like authentic, real, or that. Or even if it's fake, but it's but it's service here to provide you feel good and a positive feeling about actually speaking to your bank and that's kind of what we try to do but a bigger part of it is that because we serve b2b tech tech companies cybersecurity, ai data processing fintech etc is that they have very long marketing velocities and marketing cycles and long sales cycles so in order to be able to serve them in the medium and long term you need to be very customer service centered a very strategy centered understand what their goals are not just the individual and the marketing team that you serve across but also the sales team and work with them very closely, understand their needs, understand the pains, understand the objections that they give salespeople and how we can actually address those directly in the ads. And that comes with a lot of strategy and a very strong and direct communication with the marketing team and the sales team as needed. And so we're able to do that. And that's how we're able to provide superior results from other agencies in Israel.
1: Yeah, I hear you. So how does it look like Like when you onboard a new client? like How does this process look like? Is this specific like script and questions and information that you gather? Like, is it
0: uh, very structured? I find sales as a service. So a lot of the information that we get and learning about their needs and helping them get clarity, the marketing they need, whether they choose to work with us or somebody else, they're going to be able to get that just by going through the sales process with us. But once they we do onboard them, we do, of course, send a detailed questionnaire to get to know their needs, see their demos, etc., And we do schedule a two-hour kickoff. And the first one, our entire team shows up because even though we only have two, we have two people that are, on every call with the client this is what makes us unique and there we don't have project managers because that's bullshit there's no reason to put something in someone in between the person doing your ads and the person that you're working across from so we have an account manager who's very much strategy very huge ads expert uh, and we also have a campaign manager also an ads expert less experienced they're the ones doing the ab testing you know the demographic reports the search term reports et cetera everything necessary make sure our you know pipeline is moving forward both of them attend every single call both of them are familiar with the with the accounts with the ads we can share screens and go over things in real time and address all questions challenge them and come up with better strategies so we can move faster adapt quicker and be better listeners and be able to serve them better this is how we do things better and this is one of the many ways that our customer service that we've invented and our processes internally superior to others
1: mm-hmm. yeah i hear you yeah so it's definitely like a strong point and very very important As an agency, you know, working with many clients. And I know that, as you mentioned, you are working with B2B tech, like cyber and AI. And these, like, the products that you promote are difficult to understand sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if they're very innovative, it's not like someone is looking for it on Google, online and stuff like that. So first of all, like, what is your main channel? I know that LinkedIn is probably the, the main channel for you guys. And, and then second, uh, how do you guys? go about understanding the product and then find the right target audience for that product?
0: Uh, well, so there's a few things. First off, I mean, LinkedIn ads may not, it used to be our main channel. And now actually we've moved a little more in two directions, both down funnel and up funnel, okay. believe it or not, even though LinkedIn is very top funnel. From the down funnel perspective, we've been doing a lot more Google because without the intent and the proper remarketing and YouTube remarketing in particular, we're not able to actually turn good quality leads into actual opportunities. At the end of the day, we're judged by the fact that are we getting demos and are they showing up to the demo what can request a demo and then goes to you. That's actually very common. That happens more than not. And especially if you use LinkedIn lead generation forms that are very easy to fill out. But on Google and with the intent, yeah. we're able to do that. Um, but also, we've also moved up funnel. And the way that something that you mentioned on is how do we actually solve the challenges with these B2B companies is that we found that they... Often, if they're startups that don't have a solution that's already in the market, then it will be more LinkedIn than Google because they're not necessarily searching for the solution or they're not necessarily searching for a competitor that's already well established, that's already created um, you know terminology for your industry or that you can bid on their terms. It is more upper funnel and a lot more education. But one of the reasons that's why we invented and built out the influencer platform is able to fix B two B influencer marketing because B two B influencer marketing is broken. We wanted we were having trouble getting being able to build trust with LinkedIn ads in order to get people to show, request demos and show up for demos. So since nothing existed in the market, we've invested in building something that will help us use the most important thing when it comes to making a purchase, especially in B2B technology is a big name in the industry that you you trust are putting their name behind a certain product or a certain service or a certain solution. So what we're able to do is we, are, yep. we connect them and we're able to distribute content via influencers and then we're able to cookie them and bring them into, with the remarketing, bring them into our funnel that don't just lead to leads, but lead up to show up demos. And that's what we're able to do. We actually went out of our yeah. way to build these platforms.
1: Yeah, so sounds this is, sounds huge. Like, uh, is it is there like influencers that you identify within a specific industry and then you reach out to them? or is it just people who are like not necessarily influencers but you come up and you know pitch to them and and get them involved in whatever it is that you want to promote?
0: No, our influencers are huge. Like how does it work? They have up to 200,000 followers. We do some outreach. A lot of people apply, and we reject most of them because they need to have a strong following, okay. strong engagement, and strong expertise within their vertical. Uh, we started only with cybersecurity, and uh, as I mentioned, we're starting to test a few other tech I- industries. We're looking at fintech and AI now, but mostly it, it's a marketplace because we need to bring the companies, and then we need to bring the influencers. And we need to improve the content on the platform, which are the companies, and we need to improve the influencers ongoing, and it's a lot of work. That means we have to start saying, if you don't get better content on your platform, we're going to have to remove you. We don't care how much you pay. And the same for the influencers. Yeah. We see some of your engagement and we're seeing that you're seeing, we have a lot of things that are tracking bots and all of that, that are removing them and all that. If we see disproportionate amount of bots, we flag it, we bring them up. And we say, if we see this again, we're going to have to move it from the platform. We're very, very strict on the influencers that we bring on. They are real influencers. They are big names. People do know who they are. People do even reach out to them through us because we do co-host them with webinars for our clients. And so we are very picky and we're also very picky about the content because in order to have the best influencers, they Only want to share content that they actually believe in is good content and it's value added to their following and that elevates both the company and themselves and their audience. And if not, they're not going to share it, particularly cybersecurity professionals, which are probably the most skeptical professionals than anyone, because by default, they're always looking for security breaches and they assume everything might be a vulnerability. They need to think like that. So therefore, they see the same way when it comes to the content that they share. They're probably more than any other people in the world. They're far more conscious of the content that they put out and what they put their stamp and their name behind.
1: Got it. And like, how does it work in terms of success metrics? Like, how do you define success for influencer marketing? And how does it play out like within a campaign with other
0: channels? Right. So there's, uh, I'll do the second part first. So the first with the other channels, how it works is yep. they share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. We do some tests a little bit on Reddit and Quora, but most of right now it's just LinkedIn and Twitter. And some people have like really extensive like Medium blogs or some other blogs that they can, can work it in. So they can share it directly. The APIs are working perfectly, no problem. Um, so those are the platforms. But additionally, since they are our, our clients, actually most of them aren't our clients, so cybersecurity companies are Cypherwinter clients, not Wadi digital clients, we're able to cookie them and then we use them for remarketing. We bring them in and there's a whole certain funnel that we bring around. This is one of the ways that they come in, just like they would come in in any other way to any other landing page. And you create a funnel accordingly to bring them down in, into the funnel and end up speaking to a salesperson. That is a top funnel approach because they, it comes from a high trust from someone that they trust. And then that they're coming in remarketing that audience is better than remarketing to your website audience in general. Yeah.
1: And and in terms of success, like how do you define and
0: track it? Um, Unfortunately, for for example, most of the content that we share through our influencers are on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's API doesn't let you share anything when it comes to profiles, only when it comes to company pages. So unfortunately, we're only being doing KPIs via clicks because that's the only way we can measure things. If not, we would be doing a CPM model. So it's basically clicks. We charge company X amount per click and then we pay out the the influencers X amount per uh, Y amount per click. And then the difference we Mm -hmm. pay our team and for the continued development of our product. We also have another thing that we also do for our clients as an example, because if you want to get leads in faster using an influencer, because this is for demand gen, this is top funnel. We don't put anything gated, no, uh, no, no white papers, no eBooks, nothing gated, nothing. Everything's, blog, fault leadership only, that's great for the industry. But if you are looking for leads for influencers, for example, what we do is we've, I've decided like one of the reasons why we built this in addition to being able to go up funnel and be able to build trust for a cybersecurity professional for our clients specifically, is that people also needed leads. And you know, I found that influencer marketing for B2B is broken. Under the current model of B2B influencer marketing, what they do is they'll bring on an expert who is a real influencer in his or her space and they'll come on, let's say for six months, one year, they'll write a white paper once a quarter, they'll go to trade show events, they'll write up blogs, they'll make posts. But there's a problem with it. There are two big problems. The first one is that they're hitting up the same audience again and again and again and again. So the laws of diminishing returns goes down because they're hitting up the same audience. How many times? Yes, more touch points are important up to a point, but you're not reaching new people. The second part is that since they're working on a long-term contract with them and they're always sharing their content, they don't look like an influencer. They look like they're paid, which they are. So therefore, you're no longer an influencer. So they're no good. So what we do is one of the other services that we provide is we bring on an influencer to come on and co-host a webinar with you. We have all the processes down. They'll post it a couple times in advance. We'll record it. You can use their name and their photo and everything in in your marketing materials. You can record it, do a lead gen campaign, gated or not afterwards, but on YouTube. They'll do a dry technical run. They'll do a post after and they get compensated the base amount plus how many leads they bring in. And we take the risk because they don't trust these small, uh, especially their startups or Israeli startups. And they're mostly big names in America or North America. What we do is we pay them up front. We knowing that we can trust our vendors and the people that we work with. And then we pay them bonuses based on how many qualified leads that they bring in that are predefined.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's great. Like, how does it work with, like we're talking mostly like, Demand generation, top of the funnel content, and you definitely have the metrics, right? And the KPIs. But I'm wondering, like, you know, I'm I'm more of a PPC acquisition, looking at the sales, looking at the bottom of the funnel, right? Correct. So how does it, again, like play out? What What is the next steps like for you? You know, after you launch this campaign, how do you uh, go down the funnel and then in the end, you know, attach it to business revenue or uh, other like business metrics?
0: Uh, sure. So I'll, I'll give you an example of one of the things that we do. But by the way, so yep. the influencer marketing platform is very top funnel, but very high trust. Mm-hmm. So they come and they know who you are, they trust yeah. in your company. And then they, when we bring them into a webinar and they need to register, you get those emails. Those are low funnel, much lower funnel. And from a name that they trust and they're in the market, they want they're following, let's say you're doing zero trust in cybersecurity's example. They're following this person because they're a zero trust expert. And so these names are absolutely relevant and so that they're they are lower funnel. But another thing that we do as an example when it comes to revenue, keep in mind, though know, everything's B2B tech, sales cycles are slow. I'll give you an, so let's say about eighty five percent of our clients, let's say, using HubSpot. So once someone speaks to sales, let's say they are categorized as a SQL or an opportunity. So we make a LinkedIn ads account with the help actually of the client, and I'll explain why. That so we link your HubSpot and your LinkedIn ads. Just so you know, HubSpot, LinkedIn ads, they sync every 15 minutes. So when someone becomes SQL or an opportunity, we make a campaign syncing all your SQL and opportunities, and then they automatically start seeing ads in this campaign. What do they see in this campaign? We yeah. speak to the salesperson. The salesperson tells us the different objections that they get on a sales call. Some stereotypical examples are you versus competitors, price, integration, risk, um, implementation, right? And then there are a bunch of others that are relevant mm-hmm. to them. We ask our clients to write 500 blocks at each of these ob- on each of these objections. And then they start seeing these ads in, in a cycle, Right in uh, in rotation, and so they're seeing these ads, and these are yeah. questions they're going to come to the sales team with that they're going to ask the objections. But then they're but they're seeing the ads in real time. The click-through rates are higher than remarketing. They think they're seeing the ads either they're the target audience or they're like oh I know this is remarketing. What they don't know is ABM because you're speaking to sales about specifically on gated blogs about objections, and we it really helps our sales team close. And that's one of the ways that we're able to use advertising in order to help close it, to actually close yeah. deals. Yes. Yeah, so- like you're using the content to support the sales process. And, and right. we, and we, yes. And once they're, once the sale is closed, meaning they're closed one or closed lost, they, they in HubSpot, mm-hmm. they mark them client or closed lost. And then within 15 minutes, yep. it syncs with the LinkedIn and they stop seeing the ads.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. That's great. And you mentioned like sales. Do you do uh, any part of the sales process in house as a
0: service or? You work with your client's sales team. We work with our client's sales team. We don't do any sales in the house. Yep. Um, that's not our expertise. We also partner with other companies agent, and yep. agencies in Israel.
1: So for sales, you know, sales and marketing is always like a very hard to, to build this connection and processes. So from your experience, like working with many companies and many sales departments, what is working for you? Like what is your process of building this
0: connection and trust? With our clients or with the sales team or with, their, or with our clients? With the sales teams, yeah. Oh, well, I think I think me giving the, one of the examples now, and when I asked for the sales team to come on and give a demo, we explained to them how we're going to help them not just bring them leads and quality leads, but also we're going to help them close their leads. And when they understand that yeah. we're not actually working against each other, and it's not a tug of war versus it's not enough quality leads or not enough leads, and then that we're actually here and we're sitting with you. And we invite them regularly for them to join our client calls. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And is it like something like, maybe not now, but maybe in the past, like what were objections like you got from sales? Because because what I see a lot of the time is when you don't have this direct connection, it's always like this quantity versus quality. And sometimes you have a lot of leads, but the quality is down. Or sometimes you have good quality lead, but you need more leads. So I'm just wondering if you get this conversation, if, if so, like, how do you solve that?
0: Uh, yeah. So one of the things that we do, one of the main mistakes that other people that do LinkedIn ads that they do is that they just try to use LinkedIn targeting and they don't know how to do ICP research and proper persona research. So we actually, we reverse engineer our target audience with our sales team yeah. or with the marketing through the sales team. So as an example, on our onboarding questionnaire and ongoing, we do create special personas. So we do ask for, let's say, give me the last 15 clients that you closed, this person that requested the demo and, and showed up. And then we're actually going to look at the job mm-hmm. titles functions even skills, what groups they're in. We quantify it. We have a certain way to build a new unique persona that one wouldn't think of on their own, but only by reverse engineering those people that actually became clients and we're able to create a persona that actually closes. And I'll give you a very stereotypical example. Most of our cybersecurity clients, for example, say, all right, who's your target audience? CISOs. Great, but no, they're not, because what ends up yeah. happening uh, probably eight out of 10 times, we I do the ICP research, We see who's actually speaking to sales, and it's usually the, one of the people that are reporting to the CISO, never the CISO. The CISO isn't filling out forms. The cost per clicks for CISOs it can be $55 in North America. Right per click. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's insane. And they're also not filling out forms. And they usually, they're usually signing off on the decisions. They are the decision maker, but signing off the decision. The people under them in enterprises in America, uh, they're signing off on their decisions. So getting to the people under them isn't just half the cost per click. They have higher conversion rates and they're the people, the salespeople are speaking to. So often the marketers or even the salespeople think that they know who their target audience is. So they think because maybe that's what the founders started off or because they first started, let's say, targeting here locally in Israel before they went abroad. And it a small market and everyone knows each other. So the CISO was the point of contact when you go to America. The CISO at the enterprise isn't a point of contact. So we're able to rever- properly reverse engineer this and find the right targeting in order to be able to help them actually bring in business and not just spend their money on an on an audience that's very expensive, has low conversion rates, and isn't yeah. going to show up to your demo.
1: Okay, great. So first of all, this is a great tip. Like, If you're not doing it on LinkedIn, you should definitely look at the clients you actually close and really understand who do you want to target next so this is great and i guess that maybe the next question because in the end of the day you know you you need to know who to target but then you need to know what is the messaging? What type of ad formats you want to use and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So how do you go about that? Like the creating the messaging for the campaigns?
0: Um, usually pain points. Uh, I'll give you one example that I find a lot of other agencies do wrong. Um, let's say for Google competitors, yeah. when you're bidding on competitors, a lot of people like to say, use us instead. We're better. And I think that's a huge mistake. When someone is searching for a brand name, whether it's your, or your competitor, they're low funnel, high intent right? Relatively speaking, people know that. So what you're going to want to do is if they're searching for your competitor, and especially if you're a startup and they don't know who you are, what you're going to want to do is, is actually work on your competitor's perceived strengths. Someone searches for you because of your perceived strengths. Someone searches for your competitors because of their perceived strengths. So I would actually take messaging, assuming it's not trademarking, trademarked from their website, ideally top of the funnel, in order for you to be able to get as much of that traffic as possible, and then make a unique funnel for those people that come in as from a competitor campaign. So you can properly nurture them and then be able to explain how you're better than them on your second touch point, not the first.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is great. And how would you do it on LinkedIn? Like once you found and established, this is the target audience that I want to hear. Like, do you have some sort of process or a method behind
0: building the ads to target them? Um, well, it depends. It depends. The industry depends how much education is needed or not. It depends if they have case studies and webinars with big enterprise names that helps bring people in or certain. So it all depends. But generally speaking, what we found is um, remarketing and funnel building is absolutely imperative. So, you know, well, one great example is if you can actually show your product in a video recording, like let's say, you know, your SaaS product as an example, then maybe you can show that in the video ad to your target audience, then remarket to people that watch one minute of the video and then show them straight to a demo if you want to do like a one-two punch. Because yeah. if your target audience is stopping in your LinkedIn newsfeed, watching one minute of a video ad and then continued scrolling, that person is someone you're ready to maybe to try to say, hey man, maybe you want to try to demo. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay, so so look, first, first of all, you're like... You have a lot of uh, info that uh, you shared with us today, Um, but before we wrap this up, like, do you have maybe like one big tip or one one thing that you think people can implement today and prove, you know, their campaigns, the results, whatever they're optimizing for?
0: I think I get several here that they can do today. Right, is make sure integrating HubSpot and LinkedIn ads, and make sure you special ads based on the. Uh, on the pain points and the objections that they give salespeople. That's one. Another one I gave is a real quick win is when you focus on competitors, focus on your competitor strengths. Don't try to rip them up and on their weaknesses. If not, you're less likely to get that traffic and bring them in. Another thing is if you can show your product to them in a video and then they watch it and then remarket to them, then you know they're really in market. That's another quick win. So I think I kind of went over a few things that you can do right now real fast, but I will give a quick one for Google that I've seen all the time when I'm auditing accounts by Mm -hmm. so-called like, you know, good agencies, is that they might be targeting very technical people, but there's some demographic and and they have a small budget, do some very serious um, demographic exclusions. So under no circumstance, you should be targeting the 50 bottom percent of income earners. As an example, if you're targeting uh, any kind of tech audience, probably even the bottom 80% of household income earners, because the median household income in America is like 55 grand. That was before the pandemic. Um, Same thing goes for, there's no reason to target people 18 to 24 or 65 plus, usually, depends, sometimes 65 plus. So you should be excluding those people from the beginning. Don't let them see your ads. Maybe they're, look, you know, maybe they're looking for a career, maybe looking for a job, maybe they're trying to get directions to your headquarters, maybe you have no idea what. So you want to make sure that you're excluding all of these people. So there's some very, very quick things you can do across your account to immediately save you 15 to 20% of your ad spend on Google just by doing some exclusions in the demographics.
1: Yeah, so listen, I'm going to do it right now in all of my accounts. You're welcome. I'm going to take your tip and use it
0: and lastly like how can people reach and speak with you and connect with you sweet they can find me on linkedin yoel israel that's the best way or they can send me an email yoel at wadidigital.com w-a-d-i-d-i-g-i-t-a-l.com all right man this was great and thank you so much for your time my pleasure guy thanks for having me on i hope i was able to provide value to your audience yes. keep up the good work my friend great thank you man Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Experience Podcast with Guy Rosman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about what you're struggling with right now. So make sure to connect with us on LinkedIn or just jump onto our website at MediaFlows.com. Fill out the form and get a complimentary 15-minute call to evaluate your paid advertising strategy. Thanks again and see you in the next episode.